0: Previously on the Sunless
1: Cinema. I was wondering, why are you here on this quest?
2: My wife and I, we lived together in Leicester. One day she she fell ill with this mysterious ailment. Unfortunately, I lost her. When I heard of the apple, it intrigued me. I knew that it could not do anything for my wife, but I thought it my responsibility to determine that it not end up in the wrong hands.
0: Then the sun rises from the east so that you guys may proceed with the rest of your journey. As you guys reach the summit of this knoll, the chasm in front of you is easily 250 feet wide. Three giant rats appears to attack you.
1: Thorn goes back.
0: Your first encounter takes place as a few dead rats lay on your feet.
1: Uh, I was thinking we could save our rations for tonight and we can eat this awesome meat. Well, if you want to cut the meat, I I suppose we could take it. All right, it'll just take me a little bit of time.
0: You divvy up the rations and now you guys can proceed towards the ledge and to the darkness underneath.
1: Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper and they have a large, cloudy nebula for hair, speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for
0: you at every table. Tonight's special is The Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship,
2: danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descent
0: into the dungeon? Or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach?
1: Did we want to do a rest or did we want to go down? Is there anywhere for us to do a rest... Kind of like on a ledge or something down there, or like.
0: Well, in this area that you guys are right now, you guys could take a rest. There's more than enough space for it, too. Uh, Methuselah, you look past the ledge into the darkness underneath, and it's so deep that the light of the sun cannot reach down there. But luckily, just. I got like maybe 60 feet or 80 feet down. As you follow the stairs with your eyes, you notice that there is almost like a bigger ledge, enough for like a small camping to take place, if you're daring enough. Dangerous thing is the fact that it's a ledge with nothing to protect you if you spin all the way to the edge and fall down. Everyone
1: looks at Thorn in that moment. (laughs) So Methuselah sees that and is gonna kind of turn to the other adventurers and be like, well, um, we could take a rest up here. Um, although I do think it would be a little bit more dangerous due to the dragons that are around here. Um, but we could go down a bit. I do see a ledge where we can sort of take a rest down there, but we would have to be careful. It is a little bit narrow, so no tossing and turning in their sleep. Oh, I never toss and turn in my sleep, uh, but I'll be happy to sleep closer to an edge if there is someone who does a little bit more tossing and turning, just so that they felt safer.
2: I'm inclined to agree with this, with this idea. The lead should keep us safe so long as we're cautious and guard one another.
0: Thorne is too busy chewing on a bone to really give any input. And with that, you guys are in agreement and start to make your way down to this ledge it is it is quite dark and with the lack of sunlight the temperature also goes down exponentially a good 80 feet of you guys zigzagging on this precariously carved stairwell gets you to this ledge this ledge is one of these ends of the zigzag but different from the others ends this one is big enough for you guys to comfortably sit around and maybe even in a circle but not big enough for you guys to like be able to lounge around as you guys reach this area you guys are able to see underneath and about maybe 100 feet below you a fortress emerges from the darkness. A subterranean citadel, though impressive, seems long forgotten. If the lightless windows, cracked crenellations, and leaning towers are any indication. All is quiet, though a cold breeze blows up from below, bringing with it the scent of dust and faint traces of rot. You guys are Gazing down onto the sunless citadel. Methuselah. Roll a wisdom. Oh no. It's saving film. So they pick
2: up you just me? Yes. <laughs> uh 19.
0: Something still feels off about the look of this citadel. Off putting like something in the back of your spine telling you to not approach. But you don't know what it is. And it's probably nothing. It's just the fact that you're industry. It's probably the fact that affects you.
1: Yeah, do the things that have happened in my past. I'm just counting it on that. And I'm like, I have to rescue, I have to save my wife. I'm doing this for her, so I'm gonna push through. <laughs> all this feeling.
0: What do you what do you guys do now?
1: Is there any snow around our ledge?
0: Closer to the middle.
1: Thorne will go over and he'll make some snowballs and he'll go over to Methuselah and drop them at his feet and go,
0: Presence!
1: Right. <laughs> Methuselah's gonna kind of snap out of the, the kind of stare and, and look down at and see Thorne and be like, Oh, well, thank you. These, these are wonderful. What are you thinking about? Dragons. Thorn never seen dragons before. Oh, well, I'm sure if you look in the skies, you'll be able to see some eventually down here. One time Thorn was walking through a forest. It was full of colors and flowers that made good smells, but they would eat you if you got too close. And he looked up into the sky and he saw a rainbow. I see, but was that? Perchance the Feywild more to said that you might have hailed from there. I don't remember. Well maybe your memory will stir eventually. Okay. Could I could I make a perception roll to see if there's like any hidden creatures or anything?
0: Sure, go ahead. But uh in where are you trying to perceive? Just in this uh, ledge? Just area. around the ledge area. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do with advantage.
1: Uh, Nineteen.
0: With that result, you're quite sure that there's not enough space or hiding places for anybody to really hide in this okay. area.
1: Could I also do um, an investigation check to see if I can like uncover or see if there's like any clues to see like if um, uh, faith had been here?
0: You would know if there is any indication. Okay. It's too small for it, for you not to be able to glance around and say, there is here. Okay.
1: Well, um, friends, should we, uh, talk about how we're going to rest? Can Thorn do the talking with Methuselah? Sure, we'll, we can take a watch together. We can do the second watch then.
2: Like He he looks like he's about to say something and then he just stops. Very well. I'd be happy to take the first watch with Seeker.
1: Yeah, I don't have any problem with that at all.
2: Well then, you two get some well-deserved rest and we will wake you
0: soon. Alright. And with it, the two go to sleep.
1: Well, I do not I do not sleep. I probably just like prop up against like the wall and just like pretend to sleep.
0: And what about Florin?
1: He calms out.
0: The two then rests for the moment while both Mortis and Seeker takes up their watch. Now, please do roll for perception chance. I got a 10. Okay, all right.
1: Natural one. Nice. I get back my bardic inspiration! Thank you. But anyways, my, my reasoning is gonna be that, you know, they did really well with the other perception roll, and they're like, now kind of just like, focused on like, okay, we get down there, we gotta be making sure that we find, like, we figure out where Faith is. That is the most important thing, but it's the only thing that matters, is finding where Faith is and getting her out of there. So that's kind of where their brain is at. They're like, nothing else. Find faith.
0: Valu, so close to your destination, the goal seems to be more and more vibrant in your head.
2: Mortis is kind of sitting in silence for a bit. He's kind of like looking down at the citadel, and just like glancing. Eventually, he sort of turns to Seeker. There's an ominous air about this place. Something sinister
1: yeah i don't know if i really like the thought of faith being in such a place so i'm very worried and i feel like i need to get her back home she's a sweet gentle soul you see
2: miss faith you know
1: oh yes we were both raised at the temple together we are very very close she's only a few years younger than me after all so i feel protective towards her
2: If it puts your mind at ease, we will do everything in our power to find her and all the others.
1: I appreciate that, and I know the people in my town do as well. But tell me, what intrigued you so much about our mayor's little poster that he was putting up?
2: Well, truth be told, I recently became interested in magical objects and wondrous items. So when I heard of this apple of virtue and... Life-giving properties it possesses. I was curious. You see, my my goddess, she she um, <laughs> he just chuckles to himself. She teaches that death is a natural part of life, part of the great cycle that we are all in. And the existence of this apple is intriguing, for it could reverse death or even save one. Is meant to die. To put it simply, I simply don't want this item to fall into the wrong hands, for powers of life and death should be safeguarded.
1: Oh, I agree. And originally, before Faith left, that was part of the reason for her mission as well, was to discover it so we could help as many people as possible with it. So, I understand your mission quite well. Noble goal. I do think so. When we put ourselves out there and put ourselves at risk to help other people, I think that that's one of the most noble things that we can do as individuals and it makes the world a better place.
2: Uh, Zika, you have the nobility and honor of a samurai.
1: Oh, well, I don't know about all of that. I actually don't know what a samurai is.
0: Do I? You have heard of stories from merchants about these wandering warriors that can be found, especially in the eastern lands of Lestri and the magical forest of Iron. They wander about, keeping to themselves and respecting people's lives, uh, lifestyles, and their routines, but they have a very strict code of honor, and they are not shy of conflict when they see wrongdoings occurring. And especially in mastery it seems to be quite a thing, but it's just rumors that you heard. You don't know that for a fact.
1: I, I've only heard oh. legends of Samurai, I didn't know. Are they real?
2: You have met one, I'm
1: Samurai. Well, it's absolutely a pleasure to meet you. The legends I've heard have told of the bravery of Samurai and all of the great work that you do to keep others safe. I really admire that, but I don't know if I'm quite up to that level, especially the, uh, the moral code part.
2: Well, you seem like a very moral individual.
1: Well, I try, but... There are things about me that even those, most of those that are closest to me don't exactly know.
2: Ah, don't, don't sell yourself short. No matter what your past, I'm sure you have a warrior's
1: Oh, I, I do try, but sometimes uh, my paws get the better of me. I don't know if you catch my drift there.
2: I'm afraid you'll have to elaborate.
1: Uh, ask me about the coolest possession I have.
2: Enlighten me.
1: I can't tell you about it, cause the folks at my temple haven't realized that it's missing yet. It's been three years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in terms of my my own morality, my my goddess focuses more on life and death thievery is outside of my realm, but from what I can tell, you seem to be an honorable individual, and you care about helping others. In the end, that is all that matters. I,
1: I do try, and there was no real ill intention in my heart when I took the item, but large, pretty gems are something that I find fascinating, you see?
2: Yeah, we all have our weaknesses.
1: I suppose we do. Yeah. So, uh, that was a really great watch, Mortis. Uh, I'll go wake up Methuselah. How about you go and wake up Thorn for their watch?
2: Sounds good. Uh, wish me luck.
1: Yeah, so Seeker's gonna go over to where Methuselah is sleeping. And, well, you find that Methuselah is actually totally awake. And has actually, um, made a little snow goblin out of the snowballs that Thorn has given, uh, them. And he's taken one of the chrysanthemums out of his hair and kind of put it on top like a little hat. Aw, Mesuzla, were you unable to sleep? Oh, oh, yes, I suppose I was. Um, I, you know, it's sort of dark and dangerous down here, so, you know, sleep doesn't come so well. I understand that. Are you still okay for your watch? Oh yes, I'm totally fine. I, this is pretty normal for me. Oh, all right. I I do really like that snow goblin you made there. Is that is that Thorn? Yes, I suppose it is. Oh. I I don't really know too many goblins, aside from the ones that kidnapped me when I was a baby. Oh well, that's interesting. I it's... hope you I hope you don't well i suppose you wouldn't run into those goblins again well no they're dead yeah that makes a lot of sense they yeah. were killed by the uh, by the troop that rescued me, fool's fortune amazing you have such an incredible story methuselah i really enjoy it i'm i'm very glad to hear i don't think that it's anything really that exciting but you know it would make for an amazing adventure novel, though, and so many people could learn such incredible things from you. I suppose so. Well, you should, uh, you should get resting and I'll go be with Thorn. Have have a good watch. Sleep well.
2: Uh, meanwhile, Mortis, wa- like, sort of trudges over to where Thorn is sleeping, just, like, kneels down. All right. Uh, he just like gently shakes him. All right, wake up, boy. <laughs> he like pauses for a second and then does it again. <laughs>
1: oh, there. What was there?
2: There? It's just Mortis stone just Mortis. Okay. Uh, are you ready for your watch?
1: Oh, Louis forgot about the watch.
2: Well, now you get to go chat with Methuselah. She be with him.
1: <laughs> okay get up now, and you will go have a watch with Methuselah. And then he'll get up and brush snow off of himself. I'm very afraid. But
2: uh, before he goes to bed, Mord is like, where doesn't say anything to Methuselah. He kind of just gives him a look and just like, sort of like, you know that parent look? Just like, <laughs> well, he's all yours now. And then he like goes over to his, to his
0: uh, sleep roll. And then the two the goblin and the elf sits down to have their watch close to the ledge ah uh, this is the moment that i got to ask you guys to do your perception check for the watch please i got a 4
1: i got an 11
0: all right you guys have a very monotonous watch on this ledge waiting for the time to pass and for your companions to rest I would say
1: that as they're doing their watch, Thorn is actually, like, making snowballs and, like, slowly piling them all around Mortis as he sleeps. Oh creating, like, a wall of snowballs around him because he wants Mortis to wake up to many presents when he gets up. Aww. That is, a uh, quite the interesting art you're doing there, Thorn. Presences for the turtle. You seem to really like Mortis. Mortis is friend and companion. He has been with us for a while now. So Mortis told me that you came in a brilliance of light from the Feywild. One does not remember a bright light, but it does remember falling on his butt in the grass. And then when he woke up, Looking up and seeing a turtle who went What is wrong? And so I did not know what to think I I see. Well um since you came you came from the Feywild then Not always in the Feywild How did one such as you find yourself in the Feywild? We don't talk about it Why why not? Because we don't want to All right then, Uh, you're welcome to keep your secrets, but it's very curious that a creature like yourself got in there and, you know, came out. Well, I say awkwardly. We falls very far down and not know where we were going, and then one day we landed, and then, and then we don't know what happens. I see. I imagine this sort of thing can be quite confusing, especially something like the Feywild. Oh yes, it is a very nice place, but it's like a maze. Like you're walking inside of someone's tangled insides, trying to get out, but there is never any way out. That sounds quite lovely. Um, But what about before? Wh- where did you come from before the Feywild?
0: At this moment, Thorn is kind of distracted as this question echoes in Thorn's head, half listening as he's absently looking around, jittering as he does. Uh, He starts to formulate an answer in his brain when his eyes land on the steps that is supposedly proceeding downwards towards the Sunless Citadel. There he sees a silhouette that at first he doesn't truly understand what it is. But as he focuses his attention a little bit towards it, he realizes it, that it gets easier to see. And with it, it is Thorne's dad, bruised, cut, half alive, but still with its eyes gleaming with desperate light, he looks at you, brings his index finger towards his lips, and then falls backwards, falls into the abyss below.
1: Thorn is staring, and then he looks at Methuselah and just goes, I think it's time to shut up now. Oh, oh all right. We sit in silence. Methuselah sits in silence. Thorna also sits in silence.
0: Awkward. The time passed. And with it, the rest of the group starts to emerge. Slowly and quietly at first. But then all of you guys get, get the general sense that it's time to proceed.
1: Mortis wakes up to, like, a half-built circle of snowballs all around him.
0: Oh, what's
2: what's all this then? Ah. And then he, like, he sort of internally realizes that it was Thorn and he just, like, smiles. Thorn
1: is probably just, like, standing and, like, looking down the steps kind of, like, absent-mindedly, just waiting for everyone to get ready. Meanwhile, Methuselah is standing right on the edge of the ledge. That is a fun rhyme. Um, And just kind of looking down just really like intently at the drop below. Seeker realizes that Mortis has gotten a bunch of gifts from Thorn in the form of a snowball wall and they're just kind of sad that they didn't even get a snowball because they're the only person who had quote unquote person who hasn't gotten a snowball from Thorn. And they're just waiting. Okay. What do you guys do? The seeker's gonna have a rat ration.
0: Sure. You consume one pound worth of meat from the rat that you captured before and you keep the bones for later. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Mortis, once he like gets himself awake and up, he's gonna like sort of walk over to where Thorn is standing. Just be like, Good morning, Thorn. I hope you're doing well today.
1: They're taking so long. We have to get going now.
2: Well, you're not usually this impatient. You you tend to like to see the sights, as it were. We
1: must get going. We're very close to where we need to be.
2: You're not wrong. Uh, did you? How did you last night go with Methuselah?
1: Terrible.
2: Uh, did, did something happen?
1: Yes, Methuselah. He, he asked too many questions.
2: Uh, what what sorts of questions?
1: Asks about the Feywilds. He asks about past things. It was not good.
2: Uh, well, admittedly, that, that might be my fault, old friend. I, I, I might have mentioned how we met, and I suppose... You might have gotten curious, but don't don't hold it against them. You know, uh, it's some pe- sometimes people get curious when making new friends.
1: We can talk no more.
2: All right. Very well then.
1: And then Thorn kind of like looks back at where Secret Methuselah is, and he's kind of just like pacing around the f- top of the steps, like, "Come on, come on!" Methuselah is still just staring at the bottom.
2: Yeah. More after the conversation, Mortis is probably just gonna like make sure he has all his stuff packed and he's gonna sort of like he's, he's gonna sort of lean on his shell kind of like how an old man does like in a rocking chair he's just sort of like existing sort of swaying in the wind <laughs> until everyone's ready to go
1: when Thorne looks over and just sees Methuselah standing he's gonna go over and he's gonna like shake Methuselah's leg and be like it's time to go elves Oh, sorry, friend. I was just sort of staring into the abyss as I do sometimes. We can go. I, I'm, I'm ready. Let's
0: go! With that, all of you guys gather, grab the stuff that you guys used to rest, and proceed down, down towards the darkness and into the south citadel. Many, many steps, but it's easy because it is downwards. So you guys just have to make sure not to trip as the uneven and inconsistent steps continues all the way to the bottom. You guys are able to envision the ruins better as you guys approach with each step. There are beautiful, ornate pillars that are toppled over. Very well-crafted masonry, once composed the walls of the fortress there are pieces from the inside that are protruding out of the rubble where some parts of the exterior wall that you guys can see toppled over almost as if it was now part of the ground in between the debris and the erosion as it fell into this small abyss finally you guys reach um the very end of this stairwell the buried citadel has sunk so far into the earth that the battlements is now level to the surrounding debris and floor the floor stretches away to the north and south composed of a layer of treacherous crumbled masonry and rock. Which reaches to an unknown depth. To the west it looms the surviving structure that best resembles dragon scales. It's difficult to distinguish, but it is what has survived of the place that you guys now call the Sunless Citadel. Can I do like a history check on like what appears to be
1: dragon scales?
0: Sure, I'll allow you to have advantage with that.
1: That is a 15.
0: It is quite easy for you to realize that this is sure a fortification from the Draconic Empire. Not that uncommon in the area. But then there are flashes in your mind. These flashes happen suddenly and holds you on your stride. If anybody was behind Methuselah at that point, probably bumps into Methuselah. Noticing that Methuselah is completely rigid. These flashes brings you back into a moment in time where you saw a looming fortress in the distance. As you were dragged towards a fortress that leads you to pain. You don't know exactly what pain or why. But this fortress was huge, was menacing, and it was towards a horrible memory that now you have no idea what it is. But anyway, you bring yourself back after a few moments of these flashes.
1: Methusel is going to, like, compose themselves and just kind of, like, stare up at where we came from. What does that look like?
0: There's a cliffside, roughed rock that has clearly like, fallen, like torn open, almost as if a giant, one of these mythological creatures that only lives in legend, has carved their hands through the earth and torn it open. And that's the best way you can imagine a description of this place.
1: So Seeker was behind Mesuzla, probably didn't bump into them because they weren't directly behind them. Um, so they would have had time to be able to stop. I don't know if anybody else bumped into Mesuzla, but uh, they're going to notice that their friend is kind of like going through something. Um, so could Seeker like try and help like? Or like an insight and be like, hey, like, what's wrong? Anything like that?
0: For your passive insight, you did notice that something provoked Methuselah to stop. You don't know what. Uh,
1: hey there, Methuselah. Oh, yes. Sorry. I was just staring again. Oh, there's nothing to apologize for. Is is everything all right? Oh, oh yes, friend. Uh, Mostly. Can I roll an
0: insight on that? <laughs> Rolling insight? Yeah, that was a natural one. With a natural one, I am going to say that you have a closer understanding to Methuselah now. Now you know that it's okay to stare a bit. It doesn't matter what. It's just that sometimes it's probably wise to stop and stare. Now it's your turn to find something to stare at. That's
1: funky. That's really cool. Yeah. Look how wise I am in my years. All right, well, if you're certain, uh, just know that if there's anything that you think I should stare at, just let me know. Oh, well, if you need something, you can look up right now. There's this beautiful view place that we sort of came down now. It sort of reminds me of something funny. And Seeker's just gonna, like, look up. Think of Marv in Home Alone when he's like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) What a hole. (laughs) They're just, wow. What a hole. And they're just gonna be transfixed at the view. Like, wow, we climbed down that. (laughs) You know, it's, it's sort of funny because if my muse... If Santa were here, I know exactly what she would do right now. Oh yeah? What's that? She would shout at the top of her lungs just to hear her voice echo throughout this cavern. And it would be so big and grand, which is really funny because she's very, very small being a halfling. Should we do that in honor of her? Yes. And see- seeker's just gonna start sh- like just shout, just project it. I'm not gonna shout into the mic. <laughs> yeah, I'm also gonna join in this like <laughs> weird shouting thing.
0: Um, it's important to say that to the and Mortis, out of nowhere, as you as you guys are descending down this cliffside, the two other companions of yours just start screaming out of their lungs. <laughs> not. In a panicked sort of way, but more in a uh, battle cry sort of way, or just a uh, joyful cry. Uh, it's it's really hard to know.
2: Mordis is going to immediately turn around. He has like a hand on the hilt of his greatsword. What's the matter? Are, are we under attack?
1: <laughs> oh no, we were just groups screaming.
2: Uh, why?
1: Well, listen to the sounds just reverberating on the walls. It's quite beautiful. It is, and we're doing it mostly not only because it sounds good, but we're doing it in honor of Methuselah's muse. Oh,
2: well, that's very high-spirited of you. Carry on. They're just going to turn around and keep marching.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You crazies do you
2: She's like ah the, the, the wonders of youth
1: Mortis is the brain cell of the group With an intelligence modifier of zero
2: As one does
1: Thorn when he hears them yelling He probably just lets out like a very like Shrill scream Very feral And it probably sounds horrible in the echo Like a dying chicken. You know what, Methuselah's into that and is just like, Yes, let's go, Thorn. You can do it. Thorn looks at Methuselah and goes, Why are we yelling? We're listening to the sounds bounce off cave walls and making our voices grand. You've never been in a cave before? Oh, I've been in caves many a times. There was a time that I was kidnapped by a bugbear. It was horrible. He served me tea without sugar. Was this before or after your parents locked you in the tower? It was before. So you were locked into the tower after you were kidnapped by Puppers? Well, of course, I escaped for a brief time, and I found this bugbear, and that's why my face is always in a horrible scowl because I will never taste
0: sugar again. Can Thorn insight that? Uh, Okay, insight that. I got a 17. Yeah, this is a little bit of a tall tale there.
1: Did you read that in a storybook? I don't suppose, but maybe. Thorn just does not know what to think. All of this is very strange, you keep stopping and starting and you yell. And sometimes when you yell, echoes come back and they're not your voice. So be careful when you're in caves and you yell. I will be very careful of the weird voices that come back. I promise you, Thor. Okay. Well, can we keep going now? You've yelled very much into the echoes. Oh yes, we can keep going. You will need to tell Thorn more about the bugbear, story. Thorn's just having trouble understanding. Well, I'll tell you more about the bugbear when you tell me a little bit more about where you came from. We can't. Well, then unfortunately, I can't tell you any more about this bugbear. Okay. Why not? Because some stories are a trade. Trade? But you trade things like fish for leather, but not words. Words are kind of useless. Well, it's what we're doing right now. It's uh, communication, we're exchanging information. But words are not physical, you're just saying them. Yes, but things are still being passed. From mind to mind. Florence has a question. Go on. You said you're locked in tower, that you've seen the bugbears. So Florence thinks baby thinks that perhaps Elf is taking the stories from other other ones, and telling them like it is his, but it is not his, and Thorn is not know what to think about that. Well, I'm not too sure what you're talking about. You don't really have the whole story, so maybe if you're willing to tell a bit more and dabble into your past, I can tell you a little bit more about mine. Thorn will not make any more deals? Alright, maybe truths then. No deals. Alright then, let's go. <laughs> Alright, I'm
0: gonna say that this whole conversation took place as you guys were going down the oh, yeah. side. Which yeah. means that as this conversation reads its conclusion, you guys are in front of this battlement top. It is as if you guys were standing on top of this segment of the exterior wall. One of those parts that are wider and square shaped. And uh, it's meant to connect the two walls from each other. It's equivalent to that. It's the closest uh, leveled surface that is not affected too much by the debris of this fallen structure. And it connects. Especially towards one of the actual walls that seems to be the best entrance towards the interior of the Silent Citadel. This area of course is open, so you guys can still go through the debris around that goes to the north and south, but uh, to find a different entrance. But there is a door that clearly leads to the interior of the Silent Citadel, just across this battlement. What do you guys like to do? And before we continue, I actually would like to know the order that you guys were walking down the stairs. Because I'll take that as the order of the marching into this dungeon.
2: Yeah, I like the picture, like, after the screaming thing, when I was like, Alright, carry on! Mortis was, like, took, like, charged forwards. Like, he's he's in front, <laughs> leading the pack.
0: Yeah, so in that case, so you're the closest one to this Battlement. What would you like
2: to do? Like the first thing Morris is gonna do is he's gonna like sort of hold his hand up, and be like, "Everyone, watch your step." It's, uh, the landscape around here is a bit uh, sh- destroyed.
1: <laughs> I was wondering, uh, before we go through the door up there, should we search for any sort of traps? We did say that this place was heavily trapped. Oh yeah, I definitely think we should check for traps
2: out of curiosity are uh, any of you well versed in seeking out traps I myself I, I have to admit my knowledge in that is lacking
1: for so searches sometimes
2: hmm. well then perfect uh, would you would you like to lead us on the endeavor then we'll watch your back
1: okay we will do this one time
0: where would you like to look for traps
1: I suppose just in the main area that we're walking in, um, towards like the entrance that we will be entering.
0: Okay, so the Battleman talk then. Describe to me a little bit how does Thorn do that? Like, does he actually start like looking around, looking at the ground, or is he just superficially looking to see if there is like some different aspect?
1: Well, it seems like this Sunless Citadel is, um, like, goblins are in it. I would assume, since he also is from a sort of goblin community, that he would have some knowledge about the traps that they would use, things that they would set up around the area to keep the community safe. So I think that with that knowledge, he's gonna do, like, a pretty thorough look around trying to make sure that there's no hidden traps and there's
0: nothing in place to directly stop people from entering okay i will allow you to do an investigation check onto the surface of this battlement top it will take about a little bit of time to do like carefully do this investigation i'm just gonna say 10 minutes should do so, go ahead and um, do your investigation check. I got an eleven. Considering the amount of debris that there is around, even on top of this surface, which is the most level and the most clean, clearly is the one that people would be most prudently use. Uh, no distinguishing things stand out to you, Thorn. It's just all rock rock and masonry that is ruined. Thorn seas, rock,
1: and huts, and ruins, woods, no traps.
2: That's promising. Uh, Well, uh, I suppose we should proceed then, but still, everyone watch your step.
1: Yes, of course. And if you'd like to kick in the door, go ahead.
0: I do want to say just a quick description so you guys can have almost a mental picture of this. This battlement top has its stone merlins surrounding it. It is wide, a total of 30 feet wide. And you guys are entering closer to the middle section where one of the merlins has been broken off for easy access. It extends further down a good 40 feet until he reaches the side of the wall. This wall is circular in shape, which means that it's almost like a tower that you're going into that has been broken and almost like buried onto the other side of the cliff. The wall has the door literally in front of you guys.
1: Can Thorn pick up um, a stone? And cast his cantrip magic stone on it, and then, like, throw it at the door. <laughs> kind of as, like, a final, I wonder if this is trapped, check, sort of thing.
0: Sure, absent-mindedly, Thorne uh, grabs one of the smaller pebbles uh, amidst the debris, and casts its magical uh, spell. So, as he picked up one of the stones, Um, His fingertips kind of glow this sort
1: of like shiny blue color and when he picks up the stone and He licks it (laughs) and then as he does that they start to glow as well and they get these little like smiley faces on it like Glowing orange little carving of a smiley face and then he gives a little kiss and then he it.
0: As he throws it it, the moment it does not connect any longer with the touch of Thorn's hand, it bolts, and it cut, zooms past the battlement, cutting the air, making a zooming sound, and it connects with the wooden door, heavy, dark wooden door that has seen better days, and it makes a small hole as small splinters explode out of this segment that was impacted by the magical rock
1: Yay! well I, I don't suppose that's trapped well i suppose not and seeker is gonna reach into their boots and they're gonna pull a dagger from each boot because they've got two daggers that they keep in their
2: boots
0: all right seeker wielding their daggers
2: Well, that was certainly direct. (laughs) Remind me never to invite you to my place.
1: (laughs) Is your place trapped?
2: Not currently.
1: (laughs) It should be all the time.
2: Well, perhaps. Perhaps you could come visit me in Lestery and help me out with that.
1: Yes. Now, let us go. No traps on the door.
2: Indeed. Uh, Quick question. Uh, As we're getting deeper, like, what's the level of darkness right now? Like, are we able to see properly or...? That's a good question.
0: As you guys are in this area, although very, very dark because the sunlight is not able to directly hit this area, it is still a little bit visible, almost as if you were within a dark room, but still lit by another room that has light source, you know? So it's very obscured. but with a little bit of straining your eyes, you can make it visible. Yeah, that cannot account for once you're inside of the Sunless Signal.
2: So like, looking through the door, I assume it's just darkness down
0: there? Well, that's what I was going to say. As you guys are walking towards the door, uh, you guys make about 30 feet when absentmindedly, Mortis being the first one in the line, steps onto the ground, and the ground gives. He falls. Do you want me to make a check or anything? No. Um, <laughs> if you fail to see this, it's a good fall. Fair point. <laughs> um, you fall onto this deep pit as the two things that were covering this trap and were really well painted <laughs> to look like the um, the stone ground surface opens up inwards. You fall 20 feet. Sheesh. In addition, there are sharp pieces of garbage and spikes onto the bottom. We will pierce you as you fall. Uh,
2: that is eight.
0: That will be eight bludgeoning damage as you plummet and impact the very bottom of this pit in addition fall to the ground and as you impact yourself and land uh, brusquely you get cut by these spikes and sharp edged garbage that is on the ground sinks purposely put there to cause more damage by whoever built this trap roll for me a d4 Well, I got a four. (laughs) Four piercing damage, as there are many deep cuts throughout your non-shelled exposed body parts.
1: And you can't even blame the DM, because you rolled it yourself! this
0: is true. This is very true. (laughs) Although this is not the end. As you start to feel woozy, perspirating, these spikes, this garbage, you look at one of them, and you see that they had some sort of, like, liquid coating them as well. Roll 1d4 poison damage for them. Oh, no. And it's and it's doubled because of my thing. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> get poison, get acid, get cold, get fire, get psychic
0: damage. <laughs> is
2: this is how Mortis dies. <laughs> he just <laughs> fell at the beginning of the dungeon. Well,
0: one down, three more to go. <laughs> fell into the pit of
1: chaos.
2: Okay. Uh, two, so I assume that would be four then. Four, uh, <laughs> poison damage.
1: How's Mortis doing, by the way?
2: Thirteen.
1: <laughs> Out of twenty-nine? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, just want to describe quickly. So all you guys see is Mortis takes a step forward. It's like, alright, let's get started on our adventure.
0: Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Oh dear! Ah. Yeah, like, you are now in the bottom of this pit. Uh, what do you do?
2: So I'm gonna like try to carefully roll onto like my side, get up without stabbing myself more.
1: And then at the top, Luz just like, "Oh well, unfortunately, we've lost one." I'm still alive. I can still hear his voice <laughs> haunting us. I'm, I'm not dead. I'm from the top, so Thorn's like. Yo! This is the most rudimentary trap! A pit! Methuselah, I think it's time to write a song for dear old Mortis here. Yes, I will sing of him his dead wife. I'm so happy they're together now. It's- it's truly what- I- I do believe his goddess's his name is she. I do truly believe that this is what she would want. friends you've reached the end of this episode of the sunless citadel thank you so much for listening subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the sunless citadel every thursday at 12 p.m est if you like the show please consider leaving a review it's a small way to show your support that goes a long way to connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, well, you can head on over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Gordon from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The World of Nosso Mundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern.